Hello, Dara. It is time to double your pleasure. You know what time it is. It's time for Geeksters. What? What? We'll come forever. And welcome to 279, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. So I got a question. I was rubbing my eyes because you know, yes. it's, it's late. And there's this. Can you hear that squishy, squishy? I heard the squishy, squishy. That's why I was like looking at you when you do it because I was like. It's like, is, like it on, is it on the mic? I heard it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear it. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, so people are wondering, what was going on in the beginning? Why, why did you hear a squishy? What are they doing? <laughs> Sean was rubbing his eyes. Yeah. Right. Sean's sleepy. Sean needs to go to the eye doctor. Sean's falling apart. <laughs> so I was rubbing my eyes, and my right eye was a little squishy. I guess there was like error. I don't know, I don't know why it does that, but it's, it only doesn't do it all the time. No. You tried the second time it didn't yeah, go through, like, and then now you can hear it though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm really trying. Like, do it, make the noise, <laughs> make it. <laughs> anyway, so hi everybody. <laughs> now for something completely different. Welcome to part two. Go. <laughs> um, here in part two of the show that we do on Sunday nights. I'll get to that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here we talk. Um, Ballot talk. Ballot talk. That's right. It Next is. week it will be uh, Oscar. Yes. When you hear this episode, um, when we post this episode, it'll be three, maybe four days away from the Oscars. Yes. So every year we like to see who's going to know the most about winning. <laughs> <laughs> so, or, or, or I like to say, who's a better guesser? Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of times it's like I didn't see that movie, but. I know that name, so I'm going to vote for that person. Yes. Oh, look, a Disney movie's nominated? Vote for that one. <laughs> Foreign film, pff, which looks like it might involve the Holocaust. Yes. Like, <laughs> we will have white guilt. Yes. Uh, oh, Survivor of the... Oh, look, it's a movie about children who survived the Holocaust and how they were abused. Oscar gold. gold. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So Ed and I go over the uh, Oscar ballot, basically. Yeah. You know, as if Ed and I had any say on the <laughs> industry, we sit there and judge others on their ability. That's right. Who do I think deserves an award? <laughs> because they need to know my opinion. That's right. Of course they do. That's why we have a podcast every week. <laughs> Our opinions matter, Ed. That's right. And so does yours. So why don't you start your own podcast? I'm sure you got something to talk about. Let us know about it. We'll, we'll promote it on the show. <laughs> I'm just, it's like, we will? Sure, why not? <laughs> All right, yeah. But you got to talk about us, too. Yeah. All right? That's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a quid quid pro quo Clarice kind of moment. That's right. I was going to do tit for tat, but then, you know, then everybody's going, he, he said tit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> so anyway, um, not only do we talk the Oscars, we fill out our Oscar ballot to figure out who we think is going to be the winners. Mm-hmm. Um, then I bring a couple news articles. Yes. Yes. Um, I did have something too that I wanted to add. It was like 15 last minute changes of movies, like at the end, like endings of movies. Yeah. I don't know if you're interested in it or not. I am. Oh, really? Yeah. I always love those. Those are my oh, favorite, okay. especially like like deleted scenes that would have like explained the movie better though. Like I watch YouTube all the time. I now I'm a, I'm a YouTube feed. I don't even watch television really anymore. I, I watch YouTube because I have my roof. You're like my 
three-year-old nephew. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing but YouTube. Because <laughs> it's because it's, sometimes it's more fascinating what's going on right now. Because I mean, as 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 we spoke earlier, uh, the the Olympics are going on, and of course, neither of I neither of us really have that much interest. In it. I I was slightly more interested, I think, than Sean did, and uh, I watched here and there some things because I'm always interested in hockey. And, and the- I believe that we are one unified world, Ed. We're all winners and we're all losers. Lately, we're more losers than winners, but. <laughs> And it's, it's you want great. a trophy for participating. I think everyone in the Olympics should get a trophy for participating. That's the world we live in. Why are we judging athletes on their merit? When, you know what, you made it this far, buddy. That's good enough for us. See, that, see to me, cause <laughs> I, I like to watch it just because you should, you train for this like all your life, <clears throat> or especially the last four years of your life. And you, know, you choke. And you choke your last place. That's like the worst feeling. That's got to be the worst feeling in the world. It really does. And I just like to see their faces. You know? yeah, I'm hoping for some tears on the ice. <laughs> exactly. Especially in the U.S. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, now you <laughs> your got hometown. Hold on. Ed, here's your soapbox. <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know how they picked the ice skaters. I really. I, I watched the competition before the Olympics started, and I actually saw it. But I still can't figure out how they pick some of these people because they fall, and I'm like. How do you pick somebody who falls in the ice to go to the Olympics and represent your country to do that? And then they fall. And they fall in the Olympics. Not that they, they no, um, no, like, no, oh, yeah, this was just, uh, a, just I'll fix it. I'll fix it. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Here's a triple X. And she fell again. Yes. Oh, she never could get that. She failed. She fell in practice earlier today. And she fell in the qualifying heat. Exactly. You know? And you're like. Why'd she even bother putting in the routine then? Did she think, I've missed it three times? Today's the day? Fourth time's a charm? When all the pressure's on me and all the all the cameras are on me. Well, the world's watching? The world is watching. I'll get it this time. No, because you know why? Because in America, you got there, there's your award. That's right. You've it's, participated. It, it's like for the Oscars. And it's just an honor to be nominated. No, you want to win. That's right. <laughs> like, hey, look. Because that's always my favorite. They always show like the, the five actors or five actresses, and the one that wins, they get up and they're like kissing everybody. High over. And you always see the one. It's like you, 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 they don't have a mic one. They should. They're but you see the words like fuck. Every <laughs> once in a while, they all know. So every once in a while, we'll ham it up a little bit. <clears throat> but the one I felt really bad for was the year Michael Keaton was nominated for Birdman. Yeah, he won the Golden Globe. He won like a bunch of awards for it, and it was Oscars. And he kind of had his speech kind of pulled out just in case, and he didn't win. And you see him kind of put it back. And I was like, "Oh, like that's got to like it was an honest moment." He was like, you can see he was kind of disappointed, and, and like he kind of felt like he was going to win because yeah. everything led up to that point. Right. And it was so crushing for me. I'm like, Batman didn't get an award, like. <laughs> Man, because he was really good in that movie, really good. But I just love to see, to see those people that like that you could see like the fuck. Like, God damn it! <laughs> Why am I in movies? That person always wins. Oh, I'm gonna take a crowbar to, you know, recall Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis, or oh my goodness, um, <laughs> Meryl Streep gets hit in the leg with an iron to <laughs> lose. <laughs> Oh my god! I, oh, I'm calling it now, Ed. Jimmy Kimmel is going to make an I Tanya joke about Meryl Streep. There you go. I'm going to call it now. Cause I thought of it. I'm like, all right, it's, you know, 
an I, Tanya moment for yeah. like, you know, for those people who don't know, Tanya Harding got her boyfriend to whack Nancy Kerrigan in the knee with a pipe to try to get her out of the going to the Olympics. And see how many times in the Olympics? And it was hard. It was hysterical when it happened live because um, Tanya didn't even make it to the end. She fell on ice. They just, yeah. you know. See? See, it works. <laughs> and I remember Nancy Kerrigan, Lynn, like, oh, crying. Why? Nah. And it turns out that she, you know, everyone thought she was America's sweetheart, but she was actually a really fucking total bitch. <laughs> like, apparently, the movie, which I have not seen, doesn't make anybody look good. <laughs> doesn't make anybody. Look well, that's good. the thing. Like, that's that's why I like to. Every once in a while, when they talk about Olympics and they always mention stories and stuff, they did a time. They did like a, a, a retrospect. I think ESPN's like thirty or thir- thirty on thirty. I think it's right. Their little their little documentary, documentary films, yeah. Like and they talked about it. And I think, the, I think I saw that one. Yeah, and it was like the more they talked about, it, it was like, yeah, they were all dicks. There was like nobody. There yeah, we, was when like, we were going to the gym. They had yes. Oh yeah, they were all assholes. Like <laughs> it was like America's sweetheart, and she and like. Nancy Kerrigan was America's sweetheart, and then after that, paparazzi started following him. Yeah, and they started getting poking and prodding. You found out that Nancy Kerrigan was a fucking bitch. I'm like, she deserves getting a pipe in the leg. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> deserves it. Being mean. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why I love the media so much because they'll build somebody up to this great height, and they go, "Yeah, I'm not that person." But. Yeah, or it's 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 what we do as society. Hey, put you on a pedestal and then yank it out from under you because nothing we like more than watching a person rise is watching a person fall. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Ah, human nature. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, okay, so we'll get to part two and then at the end I'll do the 15 endings of movies that were changed last minute. All right, we'll be back then. All right, so we'll see you in a minute, folks. And we're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live here on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and tune in. Just search for Aquanet Radio in those apps. All right. So when we last left, we were going to talk Oscars. Yes, we were. I mean, are you going to get that done out of the way? Sure. All right. All right. So as you know, it's next week, the Oscars. That's right. Next Sunday. Next Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Um. Um, I am totally unprepared for this. I forgot <laughs> that the Oscars won. Oscars are usually my favorite time of the year. Yeah. But I kind of feel like it's gotten a little bit more political as we've gotten all, as the, the years have gone by lately. Yes. So it's kind of taken the fun out of it. Especially, I think, Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. Yes, I think so. Too. I saw him. He's probably going to cry. He's been <laughs> crying a lot lately on late night. I'm like, I don't remember David Letterman or Jay Leno crying. <laughs> like, okay. You're like, all right, whatever. It's the new <clears throat> softer man. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But this comes from the guy who used to drink beer and promote women jumping on trampolines in the men's show. That's right. I'm like, oh, did you forget that, Jimmy? Like, do you remember? <laughs> you your past? Like, when you first started the show, it was actually live, and you got into so much trouble because people were drunk and cursing on your show. Like, I think he, I think his, his late night show he had drinking there yeah. and then somebody got sick or something like that yeah. and they stopped it after that. Or what they did was they um it was recorded earlier. Yeah. So it's recorded live. Yeah. But it's played less. it's like an hour or two like later. So they can edit out all the Yeah, like I'm like uh, <laughs> I think they think, you know, he's gone mainstream, so whatever. <laughs> all right, so uh how do you want to do this? We may just go down the list of um 
Yes. Okay. Well, they they have a this, this year is the first time we've actually seen an actual uh, ballot that's like a one page because usually like I usually print something off the internet that has like multiple pages. This is like wall one page, really nicely done, so you can look at every category. And the bottom it has you can put your name and you could. There's a score slash twenty four because there's twenty four um, ballots basically that you can cast for each one and the and uh, see which which ones you the yeah. ones you want. So, <clears throat> all right. Um... What I like about this one too, it doesn't give you like the person, just gives you the movie. Yes. So you'd be like, I mean, unless when it comes to best director, best actor, you know, the actors and actors and directors. All right. So, uh, Ed, you want to start at the bottom and work your way up top to best picture or start at the best picture and work your way down to the bottom? Yeah. Let's, you know what? Let's, let's do it the reverse. Start with the bottom and then go back up because right. that way we'll save the best for last. Okay. So, production design, Ed. Beating the Beast. Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, or The Shape of the Water. All right, now The Shape of the Water is the one where the woman falls in love with the lock. Uh, we call it the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Um, looks gorgeous. I heard it's great. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk, war movie. Darkest Hour, war movie. <laughs> Blade Runner, futuristic movie. Beauty and the Beast, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Tough choices already on the first one. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, like, Blade Runner 2049 probably doesn't have a really have a shot. I mean, it's, it was nice. It was beautiful, like, in terms of, like, the thing. But I think more more along the lines of that was just more kind of like, like the the cult classic finally getting, a, a, like, a, a sequel to it. So that's why they, 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 they finally right. did 2049. It was, there you know, 30 years later from the original uh, date of the uh, – well, not when it was released. But, you know, because I mean, it's 2019. It was supposed to be for Blade Runner, the original. Anyway. All right. Whatever. Um Technically, though, 2019 and 2049 would have been uh, 30 years later. Yes. So the movie would came out what year? 30 was. It was 30 years later. Uh, so yeah, say, uh, see, so it works. Very meta. Uh, um, all right. So what do you think? I'm going to go, actually, I think I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast because it's, you know, it's the, you know, like darkest, well, Jeez. Like Dunkirk- oh, dude, let's not make this into a three-hour production. <laughs> well, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm thinking production design. It's like sets and yes. things like that. Um, kind of hard. Blade Runner had actual sets. Darkest Hour, I'm pretty sure. Beauty and the Beast seems more green screeny. Probably right. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Shape of Water, probably more green screeny. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm kind of feeling Blade Runner. I don't think Blade Runner had a lot of visual effects as far as... Like, they were, like, when you see the behind-the-scenes stuff, they're actually on a set. Yeah. You know, so I think, uh, I don't know, maybe I just have a personal preference to Blade Runner. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Beauty and the Beast as well. All right. Who are you picking? Beauty and the Beast. All right. Next up, visual effects. Blade Runner, Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, or War for the Planet of the Apes. That is a tough one. That is this is a, this is a really tough one. Um, see the thing now. Now I'm going like, well, Blade Runner 2049 had a lot of beautiful like. There's a lot visual effects. A lot was, of great visual effects. Yes, <clears throat> but War for the Planet of the Apes also had a lot of great visual effects as well. I, I mean, I mean, I, like I don't think Star Wars has a shot. I really don't, and I, I don't yeah. think Guardians of the Galaxy has a shot either. Um, I mean, yeah, like I, yeah. Like Kong Skull Island, I mean, the 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 I mean the beasts were cool and all, but like you kind of, I'm um I see I'm uh, I want to say Blade Runner and but War for the Planet of the Apes has got a, a nice 
Um, what's his face? Um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. He's not. He's not nominated for visual effects, even though he technically is a visual no effect. That's a good point. Because without him, you don't buy Caesar. Right. Like if Caesar doesn't work, the movie's fucked. And he makes Caesar work, a believable, breathing, living character. Yeah, but is War of the Planet Apes the last one of, of the... Of, Probably not. Uh, so I'm saying, like, like I think they're going to wait for the last one to finally give Andy Serkis his Oscar for visual I, effects. I'm sorry, sooner or later, this fucker better be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I, I really hope, since he's in Black Panther, I think he should get nominated for Supporting Actor just so he can get a fucking Oscar for all the work he's done since Lord of the Rings. Yes. Uh, that's, that's my that's my that's my speech. That's, Send that to Andy and let him let him sign off on it. There you go. Um, for me, I'm going to go Blade Runner. Jeez, that's what I was going to go with. Oh, it's going to be a tight race. That's right. Film editing: Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I Tanya, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ooh, I'm going to go with The Shape of Water. Really? Yes. I want to go with Baby Driver. All right. Reason why? Because I know you haven't seen it. Yeah. I almost bought that. Maybe I will buy it this week so we can watch it for Thursday's movie. Right. Um, you'll see like the editing, how it works so well with the music. I mean, it's just genius. Okay. All right, cinematography. Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Mudbound. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, and here's our first... Search of the week. First search of the ballots. Mudbound. Yeah, I'm just All curious right. to see what that is. Just to... here's, here's your synopsis. It is a period piece. Two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi where they struggle to deal with racism adjusting to life after war. Ooh. Um, for cinematography. Yeah. I'm going Blade Runner. You're going Blade Runner? I'm going to go with actually The Shape of Water. It's, it's Guillermo del Toro. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. Okay, adapted screenplay. It's basically someone taking a book and making it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name. Didn't Beyonce do a song? Say my name, say my name. <laughs> That's the polite version. Yes. Call me by your name, by your name. Um, the Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Hmm. I <sighs> now I saw an interview recently with Conan. They read, read, read their, I guess, on a break or whatever, and they had um, um, shit. Uh, James Franco on it doing okay. the interview, and he was talking about it because he, he he read the book because basically how right. kind of all started <laughs> with the idea of, of doing this movie was because he, he read the book about the disaster artist and he goes you know especially the room and all you right. know and uh, I, I I it's just I don't know I'm I'm like kind of like a, like Logan I uh, see that's my pick Logan's your pick yeah I mean I'd like to pick Logan I really would because I'm thinking you know it's, it's it was a great film he took a pay cut to do a radar movie which was great. Because it really set the tone really nicely, but I don't think for for adaptive screenplay like Logan's going to win. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the Disaster Artist. All right, I think I think I, I here's why I didn't pick the Disaster Artist. Franco got himself into a little trouble with a little bit of the. Uh, you know, I, I would agree with you on that because a lot of times now when when people are in trouble, you kind of go, well, I don't think they're going to get the nod, right? But. Uh, uh, the director for uh, um, last year, um, shit, the movie, the war movie, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh huh. With Mel Brooks. Bo- no, no, Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> Mel Brooks. <laughs> 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 different movie. <laughs> God, I kind of would love to see a Mel, a Mel <laughs> Brooks Hacksaw Ridge. Sorry, Doctor. Oi. All right. <laughs> Since he got in trouble, 
you figure you figure his career was almost done pretty much. It was just like he was just going to get like bit parts or you know, right. like, like that kind of thing. But he won the the Oscar. I didn't win Oscar for best director. We won something though. He was up on the stage. He, he won. I mean, he, um, I don't know, but I know because last year wasn't last year the uh, big controversy with. Uh, it might have been two years ago then. All right. Yeah, that was. Yes, you're right. Because last year was the the mix up, and it was supposed to be Moonlight that won, and it was they said La La Land or something like right. that. Right, and, and it was, was actually Moonlight. Anyways, yeah. Yes. No. So it was two years ago then. Okay. He might have won. Maybe it won like best best. Uh, if it did win best picture, it didn't win best director. I don't think it went. Oh, seen that? God damn it, Ed! It's number two. Look up. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I look in a world where Suicide Squad can win the Oscar. I think Logan's got a better shot. Yeah, best director. Oh, it, nominee. I'm sorry. Nominated. I don't think he, what did best he win? film editing, best sound mixing. Yeah, I thought he won. No, he might have gone up there because he might have been involved in the editing process. Yeah. Okay. But um. Like I said, in a world where Suicide Squad can win an Oscar, I think Logan's got a better shot. Wait, Suicide Squad on Oscar? Yeah, last year, costume design. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. wow. Did you completely, like, yeah, I like tried zoned to out last year? Yeah, <laughs> Suicide Squad, God. That's right. Oscar award-winning film Suicide Squad wins an Oscar for... Costume design. I'm still going. Costume with, makeup. I'm still going with Disaster Artist. All right, so, all right. To, go, right. Go with your gut, dude. I'm not going to original. I'm now original screenplay. That's a guy waking up, going. You know what I want to see? This. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm going Get Out. That's my pick. I mean, it's it was a phenomenon. It was made with like under like a super low budget movie that made like over a hundred million dollars. Very politically. Um, charged, very kind of in your... I think everyone... It's going to be the... In this climate, I think it's going to be the golden child. Okay. Sound mixing. Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Star Wars, Last Jedi. I'm going with Dunkirk. Really? Yeah. War movies always do seem to do better, don't they? Yes, they do. Motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go Last Jedi. All right. I got to at least give them one. Sound editing is next. Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Order, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Now, this is where I think Star Wars would have would have won it versus the sound mixing. The sound editing. So, you know what? I'm going to go with Star Wars. I'm going with Baby Driver. All right. All right. So now, original song, Ed. Mighty River from Mudbound. Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. Remember Me from Coco. Stand Up for Something by Marshall. And this is me from The Greatest Showman. Ooh. Hmm. Fuck it, I'm going with the Disney movie. Yeah, that's my, my pick. Pixar? Yeah, can't go. Yeah. Original score, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and three board, three billboards outside of Edding, Missouri. Sorry. Anything that's going to have John Williams attached to an Oscar, I'm voting Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. He's got to win one sooner or later. He is the Susan Lucci of, of of composers. Animated short. Here we go, kids. This is the ones we have no clue on. Dear Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, Revolting Rhymes. Now, I've seen Lou. Lou is actually a short before a Disney movie. Oh, that's my winner. <laughs> I noticed that the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, the Frozen short isn't on there. Yeah. Oh! oh! Live action short. 
DeKalb Elementary, the 11 o'clock. My nephew Emmett, the silent child, Watu Wote, slash all of us. <laughs> I'm going to go with Watu Wote, all of us. I'm going to go with my nephew Emmett. All right. I don't know why, just because it sounds funny. Documentary short, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Heaven on the traffic jam on the four on four or four or five. Heaven is a traffic jam on the four or five. <laughs> yes, uh, heroin. It's or heroin as far as a female. Yeah, right. knife skills or traffic stop. Oh, I'm gonna go with traffic stop. Sounds like it's gonna be some kind of racial thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Edith and Eddie. All right, I don't know why? Because it sounds like two old Jewish people. Documentary feature, Abacus Small Enough to Jail, Faces Places, Icarus, Last Men in Aleppo, and Strong Island. <sighs> Not a clue. Not a clue. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Last Men in Alpo, 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 Alpo whatever. I'm going to go with Icarus. I love St. Icarus. I kind of wanted to say, okay, oh, it flew, the movie that flew too close to the, the sun. sun. That's right. All right, foreign language film. A Fantastic Woman, The Insult, <coughs> Loverless, On Body and Soul, The Squire. It's The Square. The Square, excuse me. Jeez, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with The Insult. That's my pick. I got a feeling it's, it's, it's why it's called The Insult. It's going to teach you something. That's right. Like, I insult you, but yet we learn something about each other along the way. Animated feature. There you go. <laughs> go. Right away. The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, Loving Vincent. Why the fuck is... Okay, The Boss Baby, really? But Ferdinand? John Cena? Oscar winner? Come on! <laughs> Want to get Star Wars? No. Yeah, like, wait. The guy, what? No, I don't think. No, they, I don't think they saw the movie. The 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 people voting. Like they were like, we needed something else. Um, wasn't that that movie with John Cena in it? Cockblockers? No, no, the animated one, the one where he's a donkey. Yeah, Fernand, it's a bull. Oh, whatever. Let's give it to him. <laughs> you know? Makeup and hairstyling, Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul and Wander. Wonder. Wonder. Um. That's the one with the little kid that Stacy wants to see. Yeah. He's got the mm-hmm. the messed up face. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, something <laughs> is wrong with him. Now <laughs> <laughs> you want to be picked correct. Uh, when am I ever? I'm going wonder. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Darkest Hour. Ooh. So that's the thing. Like Darkest he... Hour is that. You can't tell that that's Gary Oldman. Yeah. Or as Stacey would like to put it, Commissioner Gordon. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm not. Even, I'll be surprised if Victor, he, <laughs> Victoria, and Abdul win. I mean, probably because the other two are going to cancel each other out. out, right? I'm still going Wonder. No, I'm going to go with Darkest Hour. All right. Costume design: Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Victoria and Abdul. Beauty and the Beast. It looks exactly like the cartoon. Yeah. You got to admit that that's pretty good designing. All right. Best Supporting oh, Actress. All the good ones. Mary J. Blige in Munbound. Allison Janney in I, Tanya, 
Leslie Leslie Min Manville for Phantom Thread, Lori Metcalf for Ladybird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. This is tough. Octavia Spencer, I think, has got a couple of Oscars. Mm. Uh, Laurie Metcalf is, uh, for those people who are Big Bang Sheldon's mom. Yes. <laughs> but also Roseanne's sister. That's how we know her. That's right. Um, Alice and Janie and I, Tanya, I hear she's really, really good in it. Didn't she win a Golden Globe? I think she won the Golden Globe. I think she did. I'm going Alice and Janie. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Fan Thread with uh, Leslie Manville. Ooh. Because the other one of the big actors in that th- film is Daniel Day Lewis. Oh shit! So that might that and that's might, I think his last movie. It is his last movie. Is he nominated for best? Fucker, he is. God <laughs> damn it! I think he's going to lose this year. You think he is? Oh, wait till we get there. Okay, best supporting actor now is William Defoe in the Florida Project. Really? I didn't even hear that. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Most, three... most of these movies you never hear about. Some actually, a lot of these, actually this year it was surprising. A, a lot of, other than the, you know, the obscure categories that we have no clue because we never like documentary shorts and all that kind of stuff. But like, like a lot of these like movies I've heard of, like, like, like they've, I've seen commercials now, like it's more, but that's of course William Defoe and the Florida project. I haven't ever heard of Woody Harrelson for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, I'm a little, I gotta be honest. All the Money in the World is the movie that, um, so we call it, Kevin Spacey was in. Mm-hmm. And they replaced Kevin Spacey with Kev, uh, Christopher Plummer. Yes. Apparently, they worked nine whole days to get all his filming in. Mm-hmm. And for him to get an Oscar nod. That's impressive. I I mean, my I mean, because my 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 first choice right away to me is Sam Rockwell, because I think he my can, see my instincts going Woody. Woody, I mean, I, Woody's my second kind of choice right. on the thing. But like Sam Rockwell is a really he's good he's always actor. good. He's, he's a solid actor. actor. But but Woody, I think you're right. I think I'm going to go with Christopher Plummer and all the money in the world. I really do. I mean, that's impressive shit. If you got it filming for nine days at his age, yes. I mean, and he's he's. Well known as an actor, at least for us. Oh yeah, and if you're a Star Wars, Star Trek fan, definitely. Mm. You know, as you heard the original Hamlet and the Klingon, the original Klingon. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, best actor, best actress. You got Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Francis McNorman in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie in I Tanya, uh, Ronan from Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post. It's Meryl Streep. I'm not. <laughs> even, I'm not even going to go through the list. Meryl Streep's my vote. Really? Yes. Oh, uh, see, I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, I I hear Sally Hawkins is phenomenal in The Shape of Water. I mean, let's face it; she has to, um, you know, portray falling in love to the Loch, you know, Loch Ness monster, to the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think it's like it's supposed to be like an ape sapien because actually it's it is ape sapien. Yeah. It's it's what do you call it? It's the guy who does all of that. What's his ever his name is. Skinny guy, yeah. No, who I, does, I, I can't think of his name. Right you now. know him behind as as any if it, if it's tall, lanky, and skinny, he's in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the guy. Um, he's a nice guy too, which I can't. It's a shame I can't think of his name right now. Stop, man. I don't care. I'm going Margot Robbie. Okay. I got a feeling this is her year. I got a feeling. <laughs> Best actor you got Timothy uh, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, 
Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel Esquire. You have Again, three, almost... three good actors in this list that you know are like have a shot. Denzel Washington, Gary Oldman, and Daniel Day-Lewis. The other if, two I'm not sure of. If I've... it wasn't for the fact that it's the guy from Get Out, I would have a problem with this one. Yeah. I think he's going to get it. Right. He's also the guy that was in... Uh, um, Black Panther. Yes. Um, but I'm still going to go with Daniel Day-Lewis. It's just be his last film. Yeah. He said he retired. Yep. Yeah, does he retire on top? Because hasn't every time he's been nominated, he's won? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to retire, like, you know, with a perfect record? Yeah. You think? I t- I think he's going. It's 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 one of those, like, it's one of those shitty years where you go fuck Daniel Day Lewis is again. Fuck! Oh, this is my year, Meryl. God damn it, Meryl can't just take a year off. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, he does a movie what one every five years is this his fucking year. God damn it! Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going get out. I'm, right. I'm going political, Ed. Okay. All right. Now, best director. This is where it always gets fun. Because sometimes the best director is not nominated for Best Picture. Sometimes Best Picture is nominated without the best director. That's right. Um, you got Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Jordan Peele for Get Out. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. And Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. <sighs> this one, I'm going political. You going Jordan Peele? That's right. Oh, see, I was going to go Greta Gerwig. Go political. Lady Bird's getting a lot, a lot of good. Okay. Oh, but I don't know. We'll see who's right. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of. Uh... Yeah, I'm going Greta. Go, go with your gut. Uh, go yeah. with it. Go with yeah. it. I think you're, they're going to do the old, hey, a woman wins, a woman wins best director. I, regardless of whether the movie's great or not, I think a lot of times the people who vote don't even see these movies and go, you know what? We're going to make a statement to Hollywood, to the people this year. Yeah. Um, Finally. Are you good to pick it? Yeah, best picture. Okay, best picture. Call me, me. Call me by your name. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, three board, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, first, if you're going to nominate The Post for best picture, why the fuck is Spielberg not directed for best director? Yeah, no, it's it's it's, right. it's 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 a it's 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 a travesty. It really is. I mean, in my opinion, then like. I don't know. I think the, the reason why they they brought it into ten films or somewhere around ten is because because more people might have seen these movies. Like, let's face it. Um, if I mean, um, apparently, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Get Out, Phantom Thread, and Shape of Water are all viable. Are they all nominated for Best Picture? Shape of Water, yeah. Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Get Out, and Dunkirk. Yeah, they're all there. They're all there. So in my head, it's usually like, hey. Best director wins best picture. They usually kind of go hand in hand. And I kind of feel like if you're going to win best director, you should win best picture. Yeah. Because you were able to create your do. You did your job so well Mm -hmm. that it beat out clearly all these other movies. But now when they add 10, it's like, okay, we thought you were the best director. But I mean, let's face it. Everyone really, really liked this movie a lot more. So even though we didn't nominate that guy for best director, we're going to give the Oscar to him because it's fair. Um, that being said, I am going get out. I am going the post. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. I gotta ask, why? Why? Because, because 
you like you said, you have Spielberg as director for this movie. Okay, you have uh, Tom Hanks, you have Meryl Streep, you have like another a lot of supporting actors that are right, not even right, nominated right, right. for anything that are really good at you know thing. <coughs> this is a movie that I actually want to see. I me too. You know, so I'm like kind of interested. I can't wait for it to come out on DVD. I'm not gonna go. We're not paying real money for it. So for me, it's like I think that's the one that's going to win the the best picture because, like I said, you like you were just spouting off about the best director not being best yeah. picture. I think all right, well he's not in the best director, so we're going to give him the best picture Oscar. You know he's going to come up on stage with the rest of the group of people and say his thanks and all. You know, say, hey, see my next movie, Ready Player One, coming out next month. <laughs> that's right. Um, I honestly think Get Out's going to win best picture. I think again political reasons. I. I Want to see the movie? I hear it's phenomenal. I'm not slamming the the people who have loved that movie, but I think that if you're going to give Greta her direct, best director, a woman wins best director. Next movie, Get Out wins best picture because they don't want to give them both to Get Out. Okay. Unless, hey, look, they might give them both to. All right. Well, they, we'll see. We'll find out. We will find out next week. That's right. We'll keep you posted. Well, actually, two weeks, actually, because next week's the Oscars. We're going to be here. Yeah. And then we will be able well, to. Well, I'm sure we'll be getting uh, like updates uh, through the. Through I'm the... sure. I'll, I'll be. You know me. I'm always like, hey, guess which is one best picture. Yep. You know. Um, well, we won't get the best picture because that's usually the right. last one at night. That's like 11 o'clock or <laughs> we'll be long gone. I, I think I announced it live on air that uh, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, oh. oh. <laughs> so, All right. Well, if you guys want to play along. Yeah, where did you get that ballot? Because that was actually a good ballot. Uh, I just looked online. I just put type I Oscar ballot in the in the Google's and uh, okay. Actually, there was a website. <laughs> I'm like, pointing that out. Like, I'm like, hey, look at the bottom of the page. Bidvine.com, B-I-D-V-I-N-E.com has the Oscar ballot. Uh, get it to us before Sunday, and uh, we'll 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 add you in the race. Yeah, I mean, don't mail it to us. Just take a photo of it. Maybe send it as an email. Right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Here's my cell phone. Text me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go through Facebook or all the other things. We'll do, of course, give you the emails at the end of the show, so that way you can, you know, scan it or whatever, or put it electronically and picture it, like you said. All right. Do all the fancy shit. Anyway. All right, Ed. Um, do you like camping? Uh, as a kid, yes. Um. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, because I was when I was a kid, we used to go camping a lot, so I enjoyed it. Now I don't think so because, like, like you know, sleeping is always a big thing for me. So, like, to sleep on a rock for like eight hours is not like enjoyable. Well, what if you could do like in a cabin? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, did you ever go to summer camp when you were a kid? No, me either. I, I always say because my parents loved me. <laughs> <laughs> to me, people who always went to summer camp was always big. Parents who got rid of their kid. <laughs> camping for us was a was a family. Uh, uh, thing and it was always uh it was fun like i said it was a lot of fun and i, I you know i i did sleep like in a trailer a couple times and all that kind of stuff and cots and that thing that and that's always more fun to me than like like when i was a young kid didn't matter because you could sleep anywhere you know if it was a ride right. on your back you could sleep yeah. you know not in the cool mountain air yeah you know next thing you know there's a bear in the woods you know somewhere <laughs> and next thing you know you're huddled in a sleeping blanket blanket underneath cold you know <laughs> yeah all right um Horror movie fan, Ed? No. Not at all? Not at all. Okay, so... Well, you know, the, it really depends. I mean, like, like the gory horror stuff, no. I really don't like to see like that, that real-life guts coming out of somebody or... You okay? Yeah, I'm just whole... The whole time we've been doing this show, <laughs> totally derailed it, sorry. 
I've been smelling like this perfume. Okay. I it's just it's it's annoying the shit out of my night. Now I can smell it. Oh, now you can smell it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the what almost, hell is that? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, did, uh, who's who's the French whorehouse? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like oh, I think I think that whoever did the last like probably farted. it. They were spraying like you know. I don't see any spray. Spray right? Yeah, I'm looking around for spray myself. I don't find. I can't see it. Uh, eh, it doesn't matter anyway, anyway. Ed, the original Friday the Thirteenth camp is offering an overnight experience. <laughs> That's what I'm leading up to, where you can your all night long. <laughs> see, I, that's interesting because you go, you, people really like the Friday the. 13. Are you smelling your microphone? I'm, I'm smelling my I'm, I'm trying to find the source of the smell. I did it quietly. It was like... I was, <laughs> I was real quiet and subtle about it. You're like... You stick your nose right into it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, Ed, this one's filled with Coke. <laughs> Here, there you go. Here's a shit emoji for you. No, it smells fine. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you were saying, I apologize, I derailed you by sniffing a mic quietly. Like, like I know the fans of the film... Enjoy it because they're not the victims. They're like it's like that. Like you're watching this experience happen. It's like, but it's not me. But then on the other hand, you go, well, now it can be you. Like, <laughs> well, and um, if you're a diehard Friday the Thirteenth fan, yeah, um, you are not. But this is maybe a potential dream for those Friday the Thirteenth fans. Camp No Be Boo School is an active Boy Scouts camp located in New Jersey. It's the actual camp that the movie was, the original Friday the 13th was filmed in. Okay. Um, the uh, the occasion is the camp offers fans the chance to take tours on an actual Friday the 13th, which is in itself pretty cool. However, this April, they're giving fans the chance to camp overnight at the real-life Camp Crystal Lake for the first time ever. Ooh. That's right, Ed. But there's a catch. There's always a catch. What's the catch? There's a very high demand for an experience such like this. So to make the experience of staying the night uh, in, at the place where the Friday the 13th film was filmed even more appealing, Adrian King, one of the stars of the movie, will be on hand at the event. All right. All right. So how does one get a chance to stay overnight at a place where Jason Foy is taken out? Yes, tell me how. You have to bid on it. Of course. Here's the info on the process, on how the process will work, courtesy of the folks at Camp Newbie Boo School. I so <laughs> all right. Uh, in addition to the regular tours, there will be two VIP experiences available via ticket auction. The a limited number of VIP guests will take a regular tour, then continue on an overnight experience at the camp with some exclusive morning activities with our special guest. This will truly be a once in a lifetime experience for hardcore F thirteen fans. Oh, they got a cool little new code name F thirteen. Yo yo yeah. Uh, to learn more, please browse to your VIP page and place your bid for a VIP ticket by 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 27th uh, this year, 2018. Ticket invitations will be sent out to winning bidders after the bidding closes. You have 24 hours to complete your ticket purchase before the invitation expires, and this offer is the next, then it goes to the next winning bidder. Okay. Um, so I would say... Uh, there an actual website? <laughs> See, now I would be kind of a dick, you know. Like if I live next I'm to thirteen dollars, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm talking about if I live near the camp, 
Because obviously it's not like unless it's like fenced in, like with high barbed wire. Okay, it's a camp, so you like anybody can pretty much go through the forest and get there. You know, if you have a you know good GPS or you know you know you're a good orientator, which uh, does mapping and all that kind of stuff for uh, orientation. I forget the name, the proper name for. Excuse me, but if you had a compass, you could figure out where it is. You know, kind of thing. I'd be like like fucking with them, like you know, like throwing pebbles onto the roof of the of the. Well, I mean, I'm or... sure that if you won that night bitter, I'm sure there's going to be a little hey ch- 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 action that night. I'm sure there is, but like I'm sure there. Be... Could you imagine though, like like the the people that are working this, and all of a sudden, like so, like you hear like pebbles on the on the, you know, click click click, and you're like, that's not part of the shit. Look, as long as you're not having sex or doing something druggy, you know, you're not doing drugs, you're not drinking, you're not having sex. You can touch it. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, just say you walk in and start shouting. You know, I wish I've touched a lady. I am such a virgin. I don't drink. I've never had sex. I am virgin as the day is long. <laughs> he won't bother you. <laughs> I don't think he'll buy it from you. I wouldn't say I was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, you know, you're like standing up on the mountain and you have the hockey mask and a big machete and right. the green coat, you know, the army coat. And you're standing there. And just standing there. And it's just freaking them out because they're like, who is that? Like, you hear the people like running it going. I'm lift up the mask. I'm fucking Jason. You're here on Friday the 13th. What do you fucking expect? <laughs> do I look like Michael Myers? No. It's Friday the fucking 13th. Why are you here? <laughs> You're to bothering see, me. To see me. It's my day. My day off. It's my day, and you guys can all fucking ruin it for everybody else. <laughs> but, Ed, there's... Would you like to know the prices of this tour? Yes, I would like to, like to know the prices of this tour. Okay, on, on Friday, April 13th, there'll be a morning tour from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for $135. Fuck that. Exactly. For $135. I can get a decent night's sleep at a good hotel <laughs> without the worry. I'm at the Radisson down the street. Without the worry of getting knifed in the back by my machete because I'm having sex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, oh, fuck that. But wait, Ed, there's more. There on, is? On, yes. On both Friday the 13th and Saturday the 14th, there'll be an afternoon tour from 3 to 10 p.m. Oh, for only $175. But the... But the VIP experience, Ed, which goes from 3 p.m. to 11 a.m. the next day and includes dinner and breakfast, the regular tours will be awarded to the, the people who did the, uh, want, the, the, the bidding. Right. <sighs> yeah, of course, you need to be at least 21 years old. Since it doesn't look like we're going to get a new Friday the 13th movie anytime soon, this could be something to help the great hardcore fans fill the void. If you want in, you better get, get in fast. As available spots fill up. You can sign up or get tickets at the official Crystal Lakes Tour website. There you go. Um, you know what? I'll be nice. I'll post that on our page. Okay. You know? You do that. I will. All right. You got any comments or anything? I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life, to be honest with you. I mean, I, it's like, I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, I understand, because it's like, you know, if there was like something for Star Wars, I'd be like, yeah. Uh, what, you know, last week how we much? Five hundred bucks? I'm in. You know, last week I just said I'd punch a baby <laughs> <laughs> to get into something Star Wars. I'm sure there's somebody going, I would punch a baby to spend the night at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> so I get the fandom. Yeah. So it makes sense to me, you know, or it makes sense, but like, it, it's 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 gonna be it's also like a hard move. I I would like to see somebody actually die. Like, wow, you know, maybe you know not real death, but you know like a like somebody who 
you know, like they have a fake, uh, like contest winner, you know, who's actually works there, you know, kind right. of thing. And it's just like, it's went horribly wrong. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just me. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a sick bastard, so you can't really you know, go by what I say, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, I can't believe it was done in New Jersey. I was kind of yeah, the original uh, done in. Uh, I thought it'd be like in L.A. somewhere, not L.A. or California somewhere, and you know, I'm sure they have a lot of camps there that would have been a you know because that's mostly where the movies come out of. So you kind of figured somewhere in there. But, all right, hey, hey. I mean, I don't know. If I I mean, I don't know. If I that's know. a lot of money, though. I mean, just for <clears throat> that's and that's not to the winning bid. That's just to walk around a campsite. Yeah. Like, I don't think spending a night at a regular campsite costs $135 a night. I think it's, I mean, like, it's like 25 Per bucks. person. Yeah. yeah, like 130 It's like, hey, I brought me and half my family. Like, <laughs> and we're, we, we're going to pull up a tent, and we're going to sleep there. Gonna... Sure, but $150. bucks. sold. Right. You know, hey, I'm going to take a walk in a camp that I can't spend the night at, and this is where a movie was. $135, please. Wait, what? That's 100... Do I get at least a T-shirt? No. Can I get my machete signed? Why? There's no one here. <laughs> it's an empty- but this, but the other thing, it's like it's all uneven ground because I'm sure unless they built roads and stuff, but I mean they kinda I think it would take away from the experience, you know, so they kinda keep it probably as natural as they could for the whole thing. So you're gonna walk on this uneven ground through this tour, you know, kind of thing. Because I've been through campsites. I mean, the last time I went was back in the nineties, you know, and it was just like it was it was annoying. It really was, because you're like you're just walking over rocks and, and going through trees and it's just it's so thick brushed and you're just kind of like i don't get it i don't understand why this is so much fun oh yeah me either so. like, but hey if you guys if anybody know you know if you if anybody here listens and gets the winning bid please let us know about it i'm i'm curious to see how your experience was i mean you know if you had a great time and you said it was worth it you know it was worth every penny and great let me know <laughs> i'm serious i'm like yeah, great. Great. Sure, why not? Yeah, enjoy it. Um, Right, well then, um, okay, we were talking earlier, I was, I was doing stuff on my phone. Yeah. Um, did you ever play Pokemon Go? No. Never tried it? No. Were you a Pokemon fan? No. All no, right. because because my, my nephew was, and he, it, it, it got to, a, well, actually, my niece and my nephew, because my name, it really started way back when my niece was young, and, uh, just to find characters and cars. You got to run around a lot. And it's like, you know, and I'm like, oh, it just got annoying. And then they're play- they played it and it's like, they're enjoying it. And I'm great. It's like, great. And I, I did see it, you know, kind of thing. I think I did try it once, to be honest with you. I, I did try it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I tried it once what? in college. <laughs> a little experimenting. <laughs> not going to lie. Everybody's done it. Come on. Oh, come on. What's the big deal? I Pokemon my go once, <laughs> twice. And it, it, it was, it was, it, it, to me, it was like, you, you, it's a, it's a commitment. It really is. It is a true commitment. Is, totally. And, and it's just like, I could see, I see the fun in it, but then when you were playing it, I was listening how, how much you were enjoying it and then how much you hated it. And right. Not really hated it, but how much you were not enjoying it because you had to spend money for Pokeballs. Yeah. You had to buy Pokeballs and stuff. Now I'm sure they modified it a bunch of different since, since the original version. Yeah. But it's still like, Hey, I'm going to walk over here and look, I'm swiping, swipe, 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 swipe. And I, and then my uncle, who's a, uh, uh, he's a photographer. Well, he's an amateur photographer, but he likes to take, like nature shots and like old churches and stuff and especially stuff that's you know built 
in uh, rural areas. Right. And he goes, you know, he's like one day he was at a park taking pictures and all of a sudden like 40 people come over because there was some kind of thing they could see on their phone. Oh, they they yeah. got to capture. So they're all like flicking pokeballs <laughs> on their phone and he's not, he's technology, he's technology laid up. So he didn't understand. I'm like laughing. He saw you like, I, I thought I had fans. He <laughs> <laughs> said it was scary because all of a sudden like 40, not like kids, <laughs> but like, like middle aged adults adult running towards him going, dude, yeah, yeah. And then they, He's probably holding a phone, a camera, and they're thinking he's like, "Oh my god, he found one!" Yeah. Like it's like, dude, I'm just, I'm here and taking nature shots. Well, if you look closely, there's a Pikachu standing right next to your foot that we're all trying to swipe up to capture. Okay, kids, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> well, Ed, um, hey, well, there's something new on the horizon. Is there? Yep. I mean, since you have your phone, mm-hmm. who are you going to call, Ed? Ghostbusters. That's right, Ed. You'll never believe it. Ghostbuster World announced. <laughs> it's a mobile augmented reality game, just like Pokemon Go, in which players use their smart devices to find and catch Spectre, Ghosts, and Apparitions. The game is t- coming to Android and I- iOS this year, though a specific release date and price have not yet been revealed. More information will be announced when the game developers confirm next month conference next month. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay, welcome to the party, pal. You're just <laughs> I aren't you just a little too late to that party? How many Ghostbusters fans are there though? I mean, like Pokemon's been around for, for decades, but it's it's a continuing thing. Like you could always watch the show. There's always the cars. There's, always games. There's tournaments. Yep. There's always new things that they <laughs> they were they were putting out there. And when they made the Pokemon Go, it made perfect sense. It was like, yeah, you know what? We're gonna we're finally gonna f- make a mobile app out of this. It was every kid's from the '90s dream yes. to actually feel like you're catching real Pokemon's out in the real world. I get it. If there was a way to be able to pick up something that I liked as a kid, you know, an augmented reality type thing, totally get it. Right. If I could, you know, look around and go, hey, look, it's Animaniacs World where I can at any moment see, you know, Slappy Squirrel on a tree. Fuck you, sign me up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I, can, I can into that. You know? Um, okay, well, in Ghostbuster World, Ed, yeah. players will be able to battle and capture hundreds of ghosts from all dimensions of the franchise, including the films, TV shows, comic books, theme parks, and video games. There will also be new ghosts to capture created especially for the game. Uh, apparently, the company's next age is handling the development as part of a collaboration between the publishing partner, 4033 Incorporated, or 433, uh, Sony's Pictures, and Ghost Core. The game was revealed as part of Google's uh, AR Core announcement, and a demo is displayed at the Google Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Barcelona, Spain. España. España. Um, I got to see the teaser. All right. There's a teaser. There's a teaser. There's a teaser. All right, uh, let's let's see this teaser if we can bring it up. Yeah. I'm building an alliance. Oh no, he's building an alliance. Oh, that's a Justice League. There you go. There's a Justice League. Justice League, go. <laughs> there you go. There's <laughs> an app I need. Or or like uh, Marvel superheroes go. Where you walk around and go, hey, there's Spider Man. I captured him. <laughs> you have to write a better plot. <laughs> All right.
guy putting on the Ghostbuster attire, of course. That's going to be your phone to track. Oh, look! It is! <laughs> there it was. <laughs> um, I'll pass. Cut, print, terrible. Ooh, um, I mean, okay, look. If it's free, I'll give it a shot. The, the, here's the thing. I know, I know, like, when I go to conventions, there is a cosplaying Ghostbusters group. Yes, I think they're in New York, based in New York, if I'm not mistaken, and I think there's some other ones across the globe or whatever. I'm just looking. I'm just looking ahead. You're freaking out, man. I'm just looking at freaking out, man. I'm looking at the time. That's all. <laughs> you're like, I look at the time. And you're like, what? What? Where? <laughs> Michael Myers, Freddy, Jason, who's here? Like, Boy, because the, the door is it a ghost. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking the other way from the door. The door's open, <laughs> like usual, and. He just happens to look over at the door area because that's where the what's where the clock is. But the way he's looking, like there was somebody there. So I'm like, who the fuck's here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody in the studio but us. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Shit my pants. <laughs> It'd definitely be better than this overpowering perfume snob. Keep going. <laughs> I forget what chain of thought. Oh, the the the. The groups out there for for cosplaying, there's these cosplaying groups, and they they have the packs, they have the the suits and all. You could put it all together, and then they they look nice. Don't get me wrong, I'm like I think it's kind of cool that they do this sure. cosplay for it, you know. And there's a club that they I guess talk about Ghostbusters, but I mean you know, I had three movies and a TV show. Yeah, but the real Ghostbusters TV show was an awesome cartoon. It was. All right, let's 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 you know call a spade a spade, dude. I mean, it was an awesome. It was. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that, but it was. The nineties, yes, it was. You know, I mean, you know, the only we only had what two years ago, three years ago, we had the. Oh, we don't the, the movie that shall not be named. I that's, guess yes. the, the the reboot of a. I don't even know. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. It was terrible. I know, but anyway, um, I mean, could you imagine the the pandemonium? It's gonna happen. Like, oh my god, Slimer is here in pittsburgh that's I'm, I'm i'm just curious like to see like the, what the numbers would be like how many downloads it, it got and how many players are on you know at one time hey, playing that's, this that's, thing i agree like well you'll find out like how popular it is because pokemon go is free you there are in-game apps yeah. and purchases i mean if ghostbusters is going to be that way um yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm not paying. Hey, Sean, here, pay ten dollars for a game you can play with your phone. I'm about to say, if you have to pay for it up front, I think that's stupid. You know, especially the the, the way the, the way the world works now today with just do microtransactions. Microtransactions rule the universe. You know, you get more traps or better booster rot. You know, for the the for the next twenty minutes of show, please pay ten ninety nine. But. I just I don't I don't see the the unless there's a huge community out there like because of if it's like free and I'm like you know what, I'll try it right you know and I, I got into it then it'd be like one thing but it's like oh for nine ninety nine you can have the app and then you can play it for a while and then there's a microtransaction because you need to get a, you know an accelerator for your 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 power pack you know to shoot the the beam far farther or you know something ridiculous and you're like. Wait a minute! I just paid ten dollars up front, and now I got to pay like what one ninety nine for the you know thing, and right. I got to buy more traps because I have like ten ghosts in the ten traps they gave me. Yeah, not only that, but you're gonna have to put those those ghosts somewhere, so you're gonna have that container, right? 
which at some point in time is going to reach maximum capacity where it's like, well, in order to capture more ghosts, you're going to have to pay us five four ninety nine for a bigger a bigger containment unit. Yeah. Or it'll be like, hey, here's a base you have to build, and here's your containment unit. And, and it's like, well, it's full. Oh, well, I guess you can't catch any more ghosts until you pay us. <laughs> you know? Until you pay us. <laughs> like, ah, oh, but I don't have any. Sorry, then no ghosts for you. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Ain't us, because you ain't paying. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Your credit card company. That's right. <laughs> you gonna call? Cha-ching. <laughs> okay, so earlier we were talking about movies yes, and we Black Panther mm-hmm. and how DC might be shitting its pants a little bit. Yes. Might be a little least worried. I mean, you got like what four or five Marvel movies coming out this year, and uh, versus one DC movie. Well, here's for, the thing: like, a, like for Aquaman. I just found out that there's going to be like 40 Marvel movies in total. We've got like 21 so far. Okay. All the, all the, uh, so far, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And apparently, there's going to be a bunch more. And then that's going to be basically after Phase 4. So when Phase 4 is on, they're even thinking of even more movies in the future all right. going down the line, you know, kind of thing. And I just kind of was like, wow, that's impressive. Like, can they keep this, like, going? Like... I, and I'm like, like DC's got to be going. Fuck! Like, how are we going to compete against this? I, here's you know how you compete against it. You don't. Like, okay. Like in my opinion, you know what? Marvel, let Marvel do their thing. They're being successive, successful. DC should do their thing, and but fo- not necessarily follow the the blueprint that Marvel did, but more so kind of. It always sounds like that there's a problem with creativity. Like okay. between the person who's doing the movie mm-hmm. versus the people who are paying for the movie. Okay. All right. Okay. I think the people who are paying for the movie want certain things. Like, you know, like not like, okay. That's interesting. No, it's an interesting. That's an interesting thought because you go, well, you know what? When I go into a Marvel movie, I have, believe it or not, zero expectations. Okay. I really do. Because like what I see on the screen is like kind of like what I want to see. Like, like. I, I don't know what I'm seeing because, I, as always, like with trailers, you never know what you're going to get. Right, right. You know, I don't know if those scenes are going to be in there, but it's cool enough to drag me in there to go, okay, you know what? Right. I, and it's like I do adore those characters. And I'm, it's like I like Batman. I like Superman. I like Wonder Woman. I like Flash. Flash. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would say you probably don't like them much if you can't remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying because I almost got the Aquaman. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what you quit. I'd rather see a, what do you call it, a Wonder Twins movie. <laughs> Wonder Twin powers activate. Or or Marvin and Wonder Dog and the, what was the woman's girl? Oh, name? how about Dino Might? The, the dog? The, 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 the... Oh, yeah, with the Blue Falcon. Yeah, yes. I would totally see a Blue Falcon Dino Might team up that'd movie. Be, that'd be awesome. God damn it, Ed, we're going to start writing that. Why not? Make comedy. Exactly. That'd be, that'd be huge. Ro- it'd be huge. A robot dog and a, a superhero. Oh, I see it right oh. there. Right, writes itself, folks. It writes itself. We don't really need a plot. Or a Plastic Man movie. <sighs> like, go go hardcore mask comedy. Yeah. You know, like, it can be as goofy and as irreverent, and it doesn't have to... It's not... Don't tie it in with the Marvel. It doesn't the, have to tie the in the shit. Universe. Just have its own movie, and it's successful enough that you want to throw them in there. Yeah. Then you go ahead, but you go, you go wait and see. Don't say like he's a part of it. Right. Like, yeah, we're gonna do this right now. We, you know, we're gonna shove our dick in it, 
and say, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, wait. It's like take the Chicken Show Bill. That's what they did with, with uh, uh, I think, with um, Ant-Man a little bit. It was a right. fact that they really weren't making up a part of it, but he was so popular that they did. Right. You know, and it worked. And that was the whole point because it was more supposed to be kind of like comedy-esque. Right. You know, a little bit. Not, a little. Not, like not, they're heist movies. It's, yeah. a, it's, a heist, it's a comedy heist movie, which works. Yeah. Ant-Man works for what it is. It doesn't try to take itself too serious. And I think that's what the, the joy of it is. But, I, I mean, I think that Marvel does have like a, here's our plan for the future. Over the next 10 years, this is where we want to be. How do we get from here to there and make a cohesive story with all these things? I think so, Kevin Feige, I think, has a, you might say, like, I see him at his house with one of those crazy boards where you got Iron Man and there's like a string tied to Spider-Man <laughs> and then that string's tied to the Infinity Gauntlet. Conspiracy theory yeah. type of thing. Yeah. It's a big, huge wall with all those, yeah, that only articles. He, only and- he sees the real picture and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, Show them that the truth is out there, and I'm going to do this movie, and this movie's going to tie into this movie. And by the end, when you step back and look, you're going to see this big mosaic of, a, of an image that's going to represent the Marvel Universe. Mm. And so far, it's working. Yeah. DC is kind of like, well, we're going to have these guys too. And I don't, it just feels like DC's like, okay, well, this is what we need. We need to sell toys, we need to sell this. We need to do these things, and so far, your cut your characters have to be like this. And I just kind of feel like DC is a little bit more, maybe not stricter, but definitely more, um, not as cohesive. Maybe it's like when you work for Marvel, I think you you're a cog in a giant wheel, and I think you accept that. I, I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. I, I just think with with DC, the way the way they do it is they they have two separate entities fighting each other. That's how I that's how I always see it now. Like, okay. like because you go back in the day, remember when bat before Batman v Superman came out, right. the Marvel un the, the DC universe is going to be dark. It's going to be have no comedy. It's gonna be gritty and realistic. No jokes. No jokes. Right. Like that's, that's it. Kind of, no jokes. No fun. You know, it's just gonna be it's gonna be gritty realism of superheroes in today's world is what what we got. And people go, like, look, like, they're lighthearted over at Marvel. Yeah, Why can't she fun. be like that? There's, there's and color. They, and then they go, all right, we're going to have to amp this up now. We're going to change it to a color palette now. Brighten it up for the kids. Right, right, <laughs> brighten it up for the kids. Let them have a shot at But then they're also like, but they're also made it dark, but they also want to sell toys. It's like, well, how can you do a gritty real life stuff and then try and sell toys on top of it? You can't. You couldn't do that for Tim Burton's Batman Batman Returns. No, you couldn't. You couldn't have, hey, kids, buy the new Penguin um, action figure. Now with flipper action. Like, <laughs> you know. And he drools out this uh, disgusting tar. Comes with its own fish that you can eat. Like, yeah. uh, here's the here's your. <laughs> Smells like real carp. <laughs> yes. Hey, kids, buy the new Catwoman gal where you can see her sexiness just ooze from her. Like. I, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And, and that's what it's been going on since the late 80s, you know, till but today. I, Nolan's Batman was completely like, I don't see, hey, kids, buy the new Heath Ledger Joker. Joker right? It's scary looking. You know? And they, it's just like they're saying, like, like Let's put a smile on your face. <laughs> buy Batman. Buy, <laughs> buy Warner Brothers. Why <laughs> so serious? <laughs> You know, it's you, you. You can't get that. You can't have. You can't have both worlds. You can't have a gritty realism and then sell toys to it. You can't. Right. It it's impossible. Give, it doesn't give kids anything to imagine with. Right. That's eh, a good point. And that's then, a really uh, good point. <laughs> so that's say, say, so they're constantly fighting with each other. 
one hand, the, the, the artist side of it is trying to make these movies the way they want to. But the other side goes, we need to sell toys. We need to make more money off of what you're doing. Oh, so what you're saying is that there's a mixture between the show and the business part. Exactly. There's no cohesive show no, business no. the way Marvel has it. Right. And like, say, Disney, Disney and Marvel both had the same page. <clears throat> like, Marvel, before they bought Disney. They were all over the place. They, well, they were. Let me say, they were shitty. Don't get me wrong. I mean... We, 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 you know, we, we saw the, the movie Doomed, you know, what happened to right. the Fantastic Four movie. And it made sense because a lot of the stuff like the 70s Spider-Man that we got in the Captain America on yeah. the motorcycle with the, with the visible shield and that one that never really saw light of day. I think it was in the theater very shortly. And then it was on the DVD, the, the other Captain America movie they made and so on. And there was they were just terrible movies, Horrible. you know, and they were. I mean, you were you were going. Boy, DC Marvel's going to go like bankrupt any day, and then they put all them eggs in one basket. Made Blade successful because they made it. They, I don't think they can make action figures out of. Ah, of- yeah. There's no hey, kids, get the Blade action figure now with removable arms. Like, but the thing <laughs> is, is that like I think with 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 Blade coming out like that, and it was selling comic books. And they're like, well, what else can we do? And they did the X Men, right. and then they did Spider Man, and they, you know, and they were starting to do that. And then like they got them a little bit more creative in terms of they can sell figures because these stories are these stories are more lighthearted right. in a way that they're not scaring the kids. So we can make a toy of Sandman, we can make a toy of Doctor Octopus, right? You know, we can do those things and sell it that way. Where DC is like fighting goes. They want the gritty realism and they want, you know, like in your face kind of like, you know, like scares and shocks on those. Right. And then they want to sell toys and top of it. And you're like, you can't have it that way. It just doesn't work. Well, I'm glad you said that. You know why? What's that? Because apparently Joss Whedon quits the Batgirl movie. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and his reasoning is I really didn't have a story. Um, Just a few months after his DC debut with Justice League. Joss Whedon is leaving the cinematic universe. Whedon's confirmed that he's no longer writing or directing Batgirl, saying he failed to come up with a good, a good story. According to The Hollywood Reporter, he's stepping down from creating DC's solo Batgirl film. Uh, his involvement was announced back in March 2017, a few months before it was revealed that he was also doing reshoots on Justice League after Zack Snyder left the project. Since then, we haven't heard much about Batgirl, correct? That's correct, yes. <laughs> Well, which seems surprising considering it was touted as DC's second female lead superhero film behind the critically and commercially acclaimed Wonder Woman. In a statement, Whedon said it's because he couldn't figure out what to make the movie about. He's like, Batgirl, this is a quote, Batgirl is such an exciting project, and Warner slash DC, such such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realize I didn't have a story, Whedon said. I'm grateful to DC president Jeff Johns and Warner Brothers picture group president Toby Emmerich and everyone who was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding. Well, I, uh, there's, is there a sexier word for failed? <laughs> of course, they may not be the only reason why the Whedon is or should be stepping aside beyond the less than stellar box office performance of Justice League. He's been criticized for how he's written his recent portrayals of female superheroes. More notably, more notably, Black Widow and Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Thr notes, um, industry resources add that even as Whedon faced story issues in today's cultural entertainment environment, the male fi- filmmaker may have faced greater public scrutiny if he would have tackled a movie with such feminist importance, such as Batgirl or Wonder Woman. Much like the uh, much like a white filmmaker would have had backlash if they were to take on the Black Panther movie. 
Uh, in August 2017, Whedon's ex-wife accused him of having multiple affairs and that he used his self-appointed feminism as the creators of the works of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a shield against criticism. Uh, no word what's in store for Batgirl, but in a previous interview, we didn't discuss his plans for a movie stating, I started getting obsessed with how a young woman could get hardcore enough to, to need to put on a cow, like, what's her damage? So we were pretty fine with this. Um, now, apparently, Zack Snyder liked his tweet okay. about leaving Batgirl. Well, now, he... speculate. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I, I got a lot. I got a lot to say about this one. All right. First off, I think that no matter what happened, like, I think Josh did the, I think Josh did the right thing. Okay? By leaving? By leaving. The only reason why is because he's, he already had one strike against him, in a way. And, and the reason why is it's, it's, it's Justice League. He came in to try and fix a project that Snacks and I were working on that they weren't happy with. And whether or not, because like I said, last week we reported that it was a rumor that he might have got fired from it. Right. And, thing, and they were just using the whole death of his family to kind of have him step down, you know, and, and do a private time. But, you know, we, we, we still send our condolences, which, we, you know, it's a shame. But the whole, the whole thing is, is that, like, they they brought Josh in and go, look, this is what we got. I, we don't, we're not happy with it. What can you do? And then it's like, if I can't restart it, then what the fuck's the point? You know, like I would have delayed it another year and, and redid the whole thing, you know, like, and cause I mean like, you know, the, the, what's that? The character, the, uh, um, shit, the, the evil henchman, uh, Steppenwolf. Okay. I'm like, I didn't know you were going with that. He, he was, he was an animated, he was an animated creature through the whole thing. And it didn't look realistic enough. It looked like a, like a, a, a heavy, uh, you know, animated see anime kind of like car- right, cartoonish okay. type thing. It didn't look right for the rest of the movie, so it really took you out of the, out of the picture. So for him, for him to do that movie, present it, you know, and kind of think, oh, well, this, this, this is the best I could do, you know. To me, and then the brief goes, that sucks, or it was like it was okay, you know, and was like, thing. It's kind of like Batgirl when you you know now I'm going to do Batgirl and work my best magic I can do with this. Now I can start from scratch and build a, a movie on my own. It's like everybody's going to be looking at him, like you know, through through like a you know through a telescope and going, what are you doing? You know that kind of thing. I don't think he really wants that pressure. Like I think he's like, you know what? I'm just going to step aside, leave the project. You know, I don't have a story for it. I don't know what to do with. Because the thing that really bothers me is like, there's fucking tons of stories. Well, about that's the, that. I mean, to say I don't have a story means that how can you not have a story because there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Now, I can understand you being overwhelmed by the amount of Batgirl stories that are out there and having a hard time picking just one. Right. I get it. You know, but it, to say that I don't have a story seems kind of like, a, like more of an excuse to leave rather than an actual reason. To leave. That's why I think it was more like this is what I'm going to use as an excuse, but that's not the real reason why I'm leaving. It's because I don't want that kind of pressure on me. I don't want that kind of – I don't have the creative t- creativity – as I did at Marvel. Yeah, but even he had a problem with Marvel, though. And when doing Age of Ultron, he said he wanted to do some certain things, and Disney said no. Now, granted, it's probably because Disney's like, look, this is where we want to go with the character. Can you not please do that? I mean, but it's understandable because you're looking at a big picture. DC has never even announced anything they announced with their big picture. So far, the only one that got done was fucking Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Where's the Flash? Wasn't Cyborg supposed to get his own movie? He still apparently you know, still is. Yeah. What about the Justice? What about the um, Green Lantern Corps? We haven't heard shit about that. Right. 
You know, now it's like I think it's best that they don't say shit about it. I, look, don't get me wrong, because we're just going to criticize about it. Everyone's going to criticize, but here I think here's my take. On, yeah. Um, I think it goes back even further. Okay. I think remember he was supposed to work on the Wonder Woman movie. Okay. Yes. He was, and he had a script and everything, and they 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 canned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was probably butthurt, and next thing you know, he's doing the Avengers, which you know now Warner Brothers is like, oh, we need a guy to come in and let's get Josh because you know why we want. He was successful to bring the Avengers to the screen. Mm-hmm. He he people liked that movie. Mm-hmm. It made a shit ton of money for for them. Let's say we bring him in to kind of fix the problem that we have with Zach because we don't want to tell anybody, but we fired him off the job because Batman v Superman didn't really do so well. We didn't like his version of what he was doing with the Justice League. So we need someone to come in and fix. Joss, can you do it for us? Here's how we'll, we'll this is how we'll pay you. We'll pay you in giving you Batgirl. Like, like my, I'm always kind of curious about like when when a company okay like you're a director, mm-hmm. I'm a studio, and I make the announcement that Ed's now working on Batgirl for us, right? Or any superhero, pick one, right? Mm-hmm. And when do you get paid? Like, do you get there's a contract sign? Like, like I'm always curious about the Josh signs on to do Batgirl, and then he leaves, and there's no repercussion. Because of creative differences, like there's got to be something in it. Like, did he get did he get some money, or does he get paid at the back end when the, when well, he has the, a finished product? There's a submission. There's like a submission fee. Like like when um, uh, uh, Kevin Smith did Superman Lives, and he submitted the script and it rejected it basically because <laughs> of the guy who you know read it. Right, didn't. he did get paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So he, yeah, see, so so for for his work, he did this. Right. So if if he presented something to DC and go here's my here's my Batgirl you know stuff right. here you go you know let me know he they go no like this we don't want this or you know like like the type of thing all right well pay me the fee that's in the contract of thing and I'm just gonna step aside for creative differences okay. I'll make up excuse for why I'm leaving I won't and, make you look bad right like I'm gonna make this like as as painless as possible for both sides right so that way it's not you know it's not going yeah they're shits they don't know what the fuck they're doing you know like dc right. can't even you know we couldn't even act themselves out of bag and you know whatever type of thing because i know like like when i do business and stuff like that with that there's always a contract there's always like if this happens this happens this happens it's always like if this then this if not this then this there's right. always like like a, a bunch of things in a contract and you have to sign it and and if so every eventuality as you're going through this contract, so you you have to go okay. At some point, I can leave anytime I want, right? Until like, until this date, right? Because like, I'm, until now the first day of filming, right? I'm I'm now knee deep into the in the project, and I can't get out of it because I have to finish the film. Now they want to finish product because I've I've done pre production, right. I've done all like getting all yeah, the actors, you have to have costuming. something. I get it. you have to have something on the plate by this day. In order to get paid, yeah. And if he doesn't get it, he goes, "Look, I got nothing. I'm walking away." Yeah. And then no. they give him like a severance kind of like paycheck. All right. And thanks then... for your time because apparently you're too busy focusing on this to be able to do anything else. So right. here's a little something, something for your effort. Yeah. Or you know. So I mean, I I think in, in reality that we're not getting the whole picture. Like you know, I, I completely agree. I, I honestly do think that that you're not getting the full story because if you want to be conspiracy theory guy, Zack Snyder liking Joss's tweet could mean that it's a good it's like hey buddy glad you got out yeah you know because they fucked me over if the rumor of him getting fired was true yeah and then joss you know who tries to work with the justice league movie probably talked to zach a lot 
saying this is what I want. This is what I wanted to do. I can't do it now because I got fired. But I can't let anybody know that. Right. So this is what my plan was. And Josh is like, "Well, I can't do that because they know it's from you." What, like, I'm sure he had to have talked to him. Right. At some I'm, point. Sure, I'm sure there's probably communications between the two of them as as <clears throat> Josh was doing the work. Because you also figure too, like, uh, you know, as as he was doing all this stuff, um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, give me a sec here. Like, you can't fix something that's that's too far along. Like, right. it, it's just impossible. Like. When Josh went in, he probably did his best. And, you know, he's like threw a, basically a Hail Mary pass at it and go, this is the best to do. Because he said it was mostly finished. It was just like yeah. a few little different things. And he figured, well, okay, we need to make adjustment to this because this storyline doesn't make sense. Or right. And then all a of a sudden, here. He, we don't want to add Dark Side, so we got to cut him out. Um, we need Henry Cavill. What the fuck? He needs, we can't we shave his mustache. Fuck. Right. Like, like, no, Paramount's being a bitch about it. Fuck. So we're going to have to digitalize that over. Like, all right, like you know, so I'll do the best I can. So I mean, the cost of the picture got astronomical, and they go, and, and you know, and Josh, they're go, they're probably going to Josh, like, what the fuck? And it's like, well, what do you expect? Like, right, I, this this is what this wasn't my idea in the beginning. Like, right. I'm just here to pick up the pieces, put it back. I'm together. here to clean up your fucking mess, right? And I'm just putting it together best, best, put it together best I can to to bring it to the world. On your release date because you're not adjusting that at all, right? You know you're not you're not going to give me another six months, another year. To you don't want to you don't want to put another pause on that release date because that would just as like I think we had two of them, yeah. Because it wasn't it supposed to come out the same day as Captain America, or was that my thing of Batman v Superman? That was Batman v Superman. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So like like those kind of things like like they they you know they they want to make their deadline but it's just like what's going to cost you x amount of dollars like there's no way around this like you you can't you've got merchandise and you got marketing that already has this date clearly you're not going to change that right. so thanks for putting thanks for painting me into a corner right exactly I got you. and that's the same so now now he's going well fuck what what are they going to do with when I when I get Wonder Woman when I get a story <clears> written <throat> or you know and and like costume designing and all that kind of stuff already in the works and they go you know what we don't like that costume you know the feminists are not going to be too happy with it make it less sexy all right you know kind of thing. you know don't don't give her a nice uh, hourglass you know figure kind of thing and you're going all right whatever you say you know uh, you know doesn't really matter i guess for the costume too too much but she's got to do this so this costume's got to function that way you know so that way you know we give them something the, the the audience something cool to look at when she's doing some kind of batarang or, you know, some kind of thing off her belt or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's got to be in play. So there's this big conversation back and forth about something like something minute and a little, maybe like 10 right. minute, five minute part of the story. That's now two months long of a back and forth conversation right. between me and the suits, you know, or, or Josh being in the yeah, suits. Yeah, like this is my idea for Batgirl. She's going to be a teenager. Whoa, 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 whoa. We need to be a woman. Well, why? Because she needs to fit into this world. Right. Well, why can't she fit into his girl as, like a, as a 13 or 14 or 15-year-old girl? You can't put a 14, 15-year-old girl in harm's way. Worked for Hit Girl. That's not Hit Girl. That, no way. Like, right. but, 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 okay, so I make her 18. How about 21? Okay, well, that, that's good enough. But you can't, you know, you can't sexualize her. Well, I'm not because I really haven't done that. Like, yeah. you did see Buffy. <laughs> like, you so, know? It's, it's, so it's always a back and forth with them. So like, like Josh is probably like, well, you know what? I'm not going to go through this. I'm like, like let let some other schmo I, do this, and I'll just part ways. Because like, he probably was hip deep in the Wonder Woman, and they fucked him then, and it's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not falling for that again. Exactly. I'm out. 
Because this is the same problem I had back when you wanted me to do Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You know? And now in the climate where it's like, well, you really, you're going to have Josh, Josh, a man do a movie about a girl? He kind of made his career like that. And, but to, in today's world, that doesn't fly anymore. But that's the thing. That's the problem that that, that, that has because it's just like, she's she's like, I could see her as a standalone character in a movie, but I don't think as an origin story, she'd have to have like a Batman-esque you know, like Batman and, 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 and Batgirl, you know, kind of movie. And then all of a sudden, like, have a have her own movie after the fact. Right. Like, because it's like, how can you not have, how can you have Batgirl without Batman? Right. You haven't had a standalone Batman movie yet. Right. So maybe you should introduce her somewhat as Barbara Gordon, at least. Right. Get her. Yeah, get her. Have her have a walk on. Yeah. You know, like a little, she's a little a, cameo. Yeah. She's there with her, her dad. Well, and she makes a comment and Batman looks at her and then her own movie she becomes Batgirl for whatever yeah. reason, you right. know. Yeah, and, and then he's he's more of a cameo in his her picture, yeah. that kind of thing. Because you you really need <clears> that <throat> interaction between Batman and Batgirl. I mean, I don't know if there's any stories. I don't know Batgirl that well to say okay, she can do this based off of like whatever, or, or just do the here's basic premise. She wants to become a superhero. He steps in and says, "No, you can't. I know you're Barbara Gordon. You can't do this. This is this is not a game." Blah blah blah. Stay out of it. Kind of like with Spider, but kind of do it like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, where Batman takes the role of of Tony Stark. He comes in and says, "You can't do this. You're not old enough. You're not mature. You don't get the stakes." She's like, "Don't tell me what to do. You're not the father of me." Nah. She goes out. Maybe she gets in trouble. He saves her ass. Tells her again, "Get out of it." Nah. So she thinks, "You know what? Maybe he's right." But then something bigger happens. Where Batman's in trouble, and the only person that can save him is her. her. Right, and she comes and rescues him by using her brains, her wits, maybe some fighting skills. Like she shows Batman that she actually has something she can bring to the table other than just looking like Batman. Right, and then he kind of goes, "All right, you know what? If you really want to do this, fine, but you're going to do it my way. Right, and I will help you, and I will train you to become the best version of yourself. Right, end the movie. Yeah." You know, that would, that would be good. There you go. There's your story right there, DC. There's your story, Josh. I just did it right for you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, it's like it's not really that hard to do. I mean, you, you could yeah, come I, up with... I'm honest. You've seen it before. Yeah, and it's not. It's and you're not going to give us anything new in these stories. I mean, they've been so old and so told so many times that you go, you're not getting anything new about it. Just go, just go with the status quo. Make it as cool as looking as you possibly can, yeah. and that's it. You know, yeah. may, and make it a little bit darker, whatever kind of thing. But you can still sell toys if you if you if you play out the characters, if you design them correctly enough, you can make a toy out of it. Yeah, use her. You know, use the current suit that she has in the comic books, the one with all the pockets and stuff like that. The war homemade type suit, then the skin tight one that she's mostly known for. Yeah, and maybe she gets it at the end. Right. Like by Bruce goes here, you know, like I made you a little something. Right. You know, kind of has all the pocket, kind of looks like that, but it would be a little bit more form fitting. So that way at the end, she's got the hero shot on top of a building. Her hair is, you know, red hair, fire right. hair right. at the back. You know, who knows? Whatever. I was going to be, I was in, you know, I'm still in for a background movie. But I think in today's climate, it's like you can't, Hollywood is going to paint themselves into a really bad corner because if they're only going to allow, female directors and female writers to cast female characters or, you know, people of color can only do people of color movies and white people can only do white people movies. You're going to segregate. You're segregating everybody. Yeah. How can you not say that just because 
if we're all supposed to be together in this, how a good writer and a good director will make that that color or that difference disappear. There's been plenty of times where I felt fear for a female character because I put myself in that that mind frame mm-hmm. or a horror or or any kind like you know what like like oh lordy lord oh, lordy lord <laughs> I'm in trouble oh gosh I hope I wish there was a big strong man uh, to save me I I just kind of believe that if it's a good movie no one's gonna care the only people who care are the people who have problems with it yeah you know so I I kind of feel like you're sooner or later you're going to segregate each other. It's happening now. No, it's insane. We're going to have, we're going to have black films. I mean, that's what it was back in the seventies. I mean, it was just like yeah. black actors, directors, writers doing the, those, you know, well, actually, no, it's not true. I'm sorry. I should take that because <laughs> it was, it was so sex. The, the, those black films were not really, they, I think they're written by white people, but like the, the idea though, is, is that like, if you're going to, if you're going to have black directors, black writers and black actors, that's, I mean, like I've, I don't have really have a problem with that because if, it's, if you could, you have the idea that you can do this movie and you, you think, and there's, there's been a lot of them that come out and have been really good. And they, I'm, I'm all for getting know, the right person for the right job. But when you go to somebody like, you know, with, with, with like Batgirl and you're like, you're just, women's got to write it because it's women power and women rights. And I'm like, I understand that. Don't get me wrong. But like women writers weren't writing Batgirl back in the day and we're right. all men, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, well, just because they were men doesn't mean they don't understand the, the female. Right. You or know. The, not, it's not about female issues. It's more about the human condition. Yeah. Like Django Unchained is a phenomenal movie mm-hmm. written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Not a black guy. Yeah. You know, it's a great movie. I, I didn't. All right. Equalizer. Good movie. Oh, but it's, you know, that was once a white guy. Yeah. Now it's Denzel Washington. Great movie. It was a decent show. I got no problem with that either. I got no problem with the intermixing or flip-flopping, you know, genders, as long as it's going to be good. Right. You know, unless unless you, you, it's starting to taste like you're doing it for a reason, not because it would be cool. Like, it's like, well, Ghostbusters, no one bought into it because everyone looked at it as, you're just doing it because female empowerment, yay. No one saw it. No one thought it was funny. Right. You know, now you got Greatest American Hero coming out. They're switching the gender on it. All right, you know what? Fine, whatever. Is If it's going to be good, I'll watch it. Right. I don't think they're doing it. For, I think they're kind of doing it for like, okay, well, we don't want to do it the same way, so we got to change it up. How can you change it differently? Well, it used to be a guy. Here's well, you make did, it a girl. They did make it. A, they did make a YouTube project out of it, and they did make it the Greatest American Woman. It was the right. thing, and and uh, uh, William Cat. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> Make sure I got that right this time. Uh, he was in it, mm-hmm. and and Connie Salica were both in it, and as like kind of like a, a intro to the right. pass all pass on the, the torch to pass the, the right. baton, right? And it, it worked. It did. It worked. It worked really well. And it's the thing. It's like it was written well enough that it could work. Uh, as long as it's written well and respectful in a way, and well, acted well, and then you you know I mean yeah. I it's like so. Why? I don't care. Like if Wonder Woman was directed by a woman or written by a woman, as long as the story's going to be in. Yeah. But everybody. But again, we're the problem, Ed. We're middle-aged white heterosexual males. We're always going to be wrong. That's right. Always. We don't have an opinion on anything when it comes to that stuff because we're wrong. We're the problem. <laughs> and that's why we do the show. That's right. <laughs> tell you how wrong we're, we are every week. That's right. Two idiots and a microphone. That's right. All right, well, folks, uh, thanks for listening to these two idiots on a microphone. 
If you enjoyed the show, you can go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter, at Geeksters. Don't forget to go to... Well, well, if you want to hear the rebroadcast of the show, you can. You can go to our wordswithgeeks.com website, or if you go to iTunes or Google Play Music, just look for Geeksters with the exclamation point, and we'll be there for you for all the shows. But, of course, if you want to contact Ed on anything you've seen or heard on the show, contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-S. See you next week, folks. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, well, as promised, Ed... These are 15 superhero movie endings that were changed at the last minute. Ooh. Now, some um, some are, like, well-known mm-hmm. if you're in the know, if you're woke, Ed. If you're woke. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm not, so this is going to be good. <clears throat> All right, so number 15 is The Wolverine. Okay. Okay. Basically, uh, James Margold, the director, mm. thought it would be a nice treat for the fans to actually see Wolverine's costume on screen. The yes. yellow one. Yes. It was filmed. It wasn't in the final product because they changed it last minute. Um, the original ending to the Wolverine, the title character is presented with the classic yellow getup from the gift from Yukio. Mm-hmm. There weren't any plans for the costume to actually be worn or anything other than a nice Easter egg, but Mangold thought against including the scene, fearing it would put pressure on the next X-Men director to include the Wolverine in the costume. Okay. All right. Men in Black 2. Ah. Okay. Okay. Um, the climax of the second entry of the franchise originally took place at the World Trade Center. Uh, one of the towers was going to open up and work as a source for the alien to send the light of Zartha back to its home planet. During principal photography, though, those towers were attacked on 9-11, and for that reason, the ending was replaced, and with it, we got oh, with what we got on film. Yes. Other scenes that included towers heavy scraped and scrapped and reshot as well. Hmm. All right. Well, it makes sense. Oh, totally yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Number thirteen, Iron Man two. Okay. All right. Um. Okay. And uh, Mickey Work has noted before how much his character's layers in Iron Man's two were cut down in favor of producing a typical dumb action film with an atypical villain. When they compared the original ending to the film to what we actually got. We get to see why he's so upset. Because originally in Iron Man 2, I uh, was going to end with Whiplash kidnapping Pepper and demanding that Tony give himself up out of armor. Tony does just that, and the two have a face-to-face convo. Then in Nick time, Tony is able to outsmart Whiplash and escape with Pepper right before uh, Rhodey blows Whiplash away with a killing blast. In the theatrical cut, we get one big smash up explosion battle that ends up with Whiplash being taken to jail. A rough cut of the original ending can be found on YouTube for anyone interested. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. That's uh, That would have totally... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you see, that's the thing, though. Like, like Iron Man 3 was kind of more like that, where he they hadn't have him really in the armor, and he was trying to do right. stuff as a, like, as, as a person. It's like, you know, just doesn't need the armor to be that. And I'm like, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you know, I'm glad they, they, they didn't do that. Um, Here's one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ed. Oh. The very first one. And the, the Jim Henson animated one. I mean, not the animated one, the one, the, the, manic, the puppets. Right. You, know, the, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes. I'm sure you all do, too. <clears throat> um, so, for those people who don't remember, the film ended with the turtles defeating Shredder and cheering on while April, April and Cassie, uh, Casey Jones embraced each other. Very typical happy Hollywood ending. There was actually more to it than, than in it originally. 
On a special feature that was played in on the German version of the DVD, we see April pitching an idea for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Heroes to a publisher, only to be told that the idea was too far-fetched. As the publisher leaves, the real turtles show up in, fame, uh, in frame and laugh with April. How meta. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good. That's good to make it. Yeah, that's, 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 I'm kind of glad they changed that one. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Okay. All right. Um, believe it or not, Quicksilver's death at the end of the film was not always a certainty for the filmmakers going into it. Mm. Uh, Joss Whedon once revealed, as we talked about him earlier in this episode, mm-hmm. and revealed on an empire, on the Empire pe- podcast that he assumed it would be a hard sell to Marvel, just in case. He filmed a scene where it was revealed that Quicksilver survived his 47 bullet runes, as William points out, and actually joins the Avengers B team along with his sister, Scarlet Witch. However, it proved to be for, uh, for naught since it turned out Whedon was able to sell Quicksilver's death pretty easily. Wow. All right? I'm going to say probably because they knew Fox across the street was going to be doing their own version of Quicksilver, so why not, to avoid the confusion, kill ours off? Yeah. Let Fox have him. Right. So, um, Batman Forever. Okay. Okay. Um, Batman ended with, uh, let's see, the very first Batman movie ended with Vicky Vale in the back of a car with Alfred, Alfred and Batman staring at the bat signal from a rooftop. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns ended with Alfred driving Bruce Wayne and Catwoman taking Batman's spot atop the roof tower. Yes. Okay. Rooftop. Batman Forever was going to end with Alfred driving around Chase Meridian with Batman and Robin staring at the bat signal on a rooftop. No word we go. I got Batman and Robin in camera instead. I, sure. Okay. Why not? I, I don't know why that matters. Right. That one. That one to me would have made sense more if they had the. They that, had that. That should have been like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it makes sense. You know why? Probably because it was taken over by Joel Schumacher. Yeah. At that point. You know, it was Tim Burton's signature thing to have the person standing at the yeah. You know, so but it always always kind of makes that like you know like the that hero always, pose. Right. Yeah. Here's one number nine: The Legend of Zorro with Antonio Banderas. All right, so um, okay, long before the guys like Superman, Batman came to the fray, Zorro utilizes a dual identity aspect of the character be a mild mannered guy by day, crime fighter by night. In one of the adapt- adaptations, um, the Zorro, the Legend of Zorro, saw Antonio Banderas play Zorro for the second time. This time, he's married to Catherine Zeta-Jones, and they have a child together. This would be the last time Banderas plays Zorro, but he got. But we had we got the original ending, the franchise might have continued. The alternate ending: we flash forward a few years to their son Joaquin, and adopting the mantle of Zorro from his father. The ending was changed in hopes of counting the franchise with Banderas, continuing the franchise with Banderas, but they never got a third film. Hmm. Ooh, uh, number eight is The Crow, City of Angels. Okay. Um, of course. Um, I'm just looking here. Um, the result, okay, the second movie was a mess of a film, but judging from the script and a YouTube director's cut, the film had an interesting possibilities. A lot was changed from the script to the final cut. For instance, in the end, Judah dies after meeting, melting into a CGI cluster. Originally, he was to be eaten alive by crows unleashed by ash. Speaking of, he had a different end. Originally, after Sarah dies in his arm, he doesn't die as well, but is forced to walk the earth forever without the one he loves. 
Ant-Man is number seven, Ed. Okay. The end of Ant-Man, we see S.H.I.E.L.D.'s head of defense and undercover Hydra agent Michael Carson, Mitchell Carson stealing and escaping with the suitcase of pin particles while Ant-Man is fighting Darian Cross. This leaves a big gaping hole filled with possibilities for what could have happened in the sequels with pin particles in the hands of Hydra. However, director Peyton, Re- Peyton Reed revealed that originally the plan was to have Ant-Man to quickly apprehend Carson and get the particles before the film is over. But for a number of reasons, the big one, uh, the big one being such things like leaves several possibilities and intrigue open for sequels, but reading company eventually decided it would be best to get the particles left out there in the open. Wow. You know, like, why not? Makes, yeah. You know, leaves it open for other sequels, right? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Okay. Um, James Gunn originally planned to end the film on a scene with Peter's grandfather. He actually followed through with these plans. We would have had seen Quill's grandfather on Earth looking up at the stars, still waiting on Quill to return, implying that he did see Quill get abducted. Uh-huh. It would have been a surprisingly heart-wrenching scene to end on. Gunn actually filmed the scene, but realized in post-production just how freaking sad of a note it would have been, um, and decided to scrap it out from the finished product completely. Uh, okay. Number five, Hancock. That's the Will Smith yeah, yeah. series. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was it was promised to be a much darker, grittier superhero movie than we were used to getting in 2008. That accolade wound going into the dark night, and Hancock just wound up being silly for the most part. <laughs> However, Hancock went through with had Hancock went through with the original ending, it might have been alarmingly dark. Yes, much darker than the Dark Knight. Hmm. In the original script. Hancock nearly sexually assaults Mary before managing to control himself. Seeing himself steeped to such a low depth, he breaks out in a fit of rage and sees him attack and kill a squad of cops that come to Mary's rescue. After the carnage is over, Hancock picks up one of the officer's gun and puts a bullet in his skull. The film would have ended ambiguously on if Hancock survived or not. Thankfully, it was was lost after numerous rewrites. (laughs) Wow. Kick-ass 2. Okay. All right. Um, as you may remember, Christopher Mintz Plasse's character from the first film becomes a full-blown supervillain. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would include an attempt to uh, assault kick-ass friends, but are failing to achieve what he sets out to do, decides to attack her instead. Um, in the original script by Mark Miller had him killed off because Chris finally had taken things too far. At the last minute, he received an email from Jeff Wadlow that he couldn't kill Chris off yet because it gives him a top villain for the third film, where he could then receive his comeuppance. So Chris lives at the end, but Kick-Ass 2 was such a flop, we're probably not ever going to see a third one. <laughs> so so apparently, a bad motherfucker, I think his name yeah. is, was going to die at the end. Okay, number three, Chronicle. I liked Chronicle, too. That's the you know that's the movie with the, the found footage where actually... Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> The film, for those people who don't know, the film follows three friends who unexpectedly contract superpowers. One friend, Andrew, gets a little too mad with power. This culminates in the end of a battle with his other friend, Matt. Matt kills Andrew. After flying to Tibet, Matt promises he's going to use his powers for good and actually become a legit superhero. Originally, the battle between him and Andrew was supposed to end with Matt passing out and waking up being experimented on by the military and him narrowly escaping. Hmm. Then you're going to flash forward two years later, and we see Matt actually saving people as a superhero in Korea. The original script ending was likely cut for budget reasons. Okay. Number two, Tank Girl. 
Oh. That's going back some ways. Yeah. That's 90s. Yeah, it's uh, in a po- post-apocalyptic comic book. Um, was adapted to a film in 1995 with Lori Petty as a ter- character title uh, and a young Naomi Watts as her sidekick. Yeah. Uh, Jet Girl. There's an alternate en- ending of the film where Subgirl helps Tank Girl and her team free the slaves. Then they go outside to celebrate their victory in the race, closing a film in a close-up of Tank Girl's mouth as she burps. <laughs> in the script, there was another ending in mind that saw the film end in a huge action sequence with Tank Girl driving down rapids of water. The filmmakers realized their budget couldn't afford such a bombastic ending. At the last minute, they came up with an idea of animating the action sequence instead, cutting the previous ending. Yes. All right. And then your last and final pick, Wolverine. I'm sorry, not Wolverine. Logan. Logan. Okay. Um, everyone knows Hugh Jackman's last battle as Wolverine for the X-Men franchise turned out to be surprisingly poignant and heartfelt for a superhero movie. In fact, the film was much more invoked in the spirit of the classic Western genre than the typical superhero action flick, uh, which might explain why Jackman campaigned hard to conceive the director to convince the director to end the film similar to a Western. Jackman once told Yahoo that he envisioned Logan ending in a similar manner to the ending of Unforgiven. Logan lives, realizing he can't escape his past, and he's forced to ride off into the sunset, living with his darkness like a burden on his shoulders. Jackman pitched this idea to the director, but James Mangold continued to pursue the ending they actually got. <laughs> yeah, Logan. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, like pick. I'm like, it's like, like, would it, would it have been a, a better impact if it would have been, you know, that way? If he could just run off in the sunset and realizing, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, of course, though, of course, though, you know, you can have it open ended for like anything, you know, if he wanted to come back again or continue on with another character, because you, you figure. That's yeah, but you could always put Wolverine in any movie, and you know, it's just because he died in, in Logan doesn't mean that you know, right? Like, hey, look, this movie happens to take place in the 90s where Logan's still alive, yeah. Um, I think though, here's I think that if while Hugh Jackman is a great Wolverine, great actor, mm. maybe not the best storyteller, because I think for that movie to actually have the impact that it needed, it needed to end the way it did in the movie, mm. like, you needed it, it's it's. Very Western-esque, yeah. But to have Logan ride off into the sunset leaves it open for a sequel. Yes. And if this was supposed to be his last film, it was better to finish it off the way it did. Spoiler. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know the thing. Like, like if if you really want it that way, it's like, does he does, did he really want it to end? Like he says that. You well, know, what you're saying like like you go, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm done with the character. I've been him for seven, seventeen years. years I think. So, yeah. yeah, I was doing this. And, you know, it's been, it's a great ride and it's, you know, helped, you know, got me in my stardom, you know, kind of phase and I appreciate it, but I really need it to end because, you know, like, I just can't continue on with this. But you always think in the back of your mind, it's like, yeah, I could still, like, play him. Well, I I think that goes with anybody. I mean, as much as I love Harrison Ford and as much as I love the Indiana Jones series, I don't need a fifth. You know what, Harrison, hang it up. Like, and it's not because. I think that just a moment, like he's one in his seventies. Do you really want him running? Do you really want him? He 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 runs. He doesn't. He's not the young man he once was. Yes. Sean Connery, when he as much as I love Never Say Never Again, for the camp value, he's not James Bond anymore. Right. Like sometimes a real good actor realizes that I can't do action movies anymore. Mm. But if he's a good enough actor, he can switch that role. Yeah. You know. 
Like, I haven't seen um, <clears throat> Mel Gibson. Here's a good example. I saw Mel Gibson in, in Expendables 3. I loved it. He was a bad guy. And it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Because it reminded people that it's fucking Mel Gibson. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, but I, I don't, he didn't do a lot of action. He did right. not leave a weapon, Mel Gibson, yeah. or Braveheart, Mel Gibson. It's, yeah. it's all right, I'm kind of old, but I can still throw a punch, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Give me a gun, I can still shoot a Mel Gibson. Okay. Not a freedom, right. Mel Gibson. You know, I just think that, that I think, I found what I found was interesting is that, remember the scene in Logan, there's a spoiler, where Logan fights younger version of himself? Yeah. The younger version of himself is the actual Hugh Jackman. Yes. Like, they aged him phenomenally for this movie. Yes. Like, you figure, like, you're looking at him, you go, wow, like, he looks really worn out. Like, he really looks like a really old man. Yeah. Like, And you're like, wow, he must really be old in real life. But then you realize that, no, that was, that was all makeup. And you're going, What? Well, it's the thing, like, 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 there, the, like, for the, for the, for the majority of the rule, what you were saying, it's true, you know, like certain actors, you get to sure. an age, you know, you get to an age, but like, like Sylvester Stallone, he's still doing these high action movies. Some guys just don't know. Um, they just don't. Yeah, and he can still do it, but he still pulls it off. I, you're right. Like, I'm these expendable movies. It's basically geriatric action movies. <laughs> it's, it's every one of them is on probably on AARP. You know, like, hey, hey, remember me? I used to be really famous in the 80s because I had great one-liners, and you all loved me. I still got it. And he was able to kind of bring, like, this kind of fun element to the movies because mm. you're like, you know what? It is a bunch of old guys shooting guns and punching people in the face, and looks like they're having a really good time. I'm having a good time. Yeah. But Sylvester Stallone also knows he ain't doing Hamlet. Right. You know, like, he knows what his, 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 his range, niche is. Yeah. He, he's like, I, oh, yo, I got a range. I got Rocky range, and I got Rambo range. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle, I got Expendable range, <laughs> where I can make some jokes, and then maybe I'll uh, throw a punch, or I'll throw a punch and then make a joke. Like my old movies, Cobra. You're the disease, I'm the cure, remember that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cobra Eddie, that's my name. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of my favorite favorite slow movie. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I mean, I kind of, I like the way Logan ended. I think Logan ended, needed to end the way it did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it gave the right impact, especially <clears throat> for the for what it was and the rated R movie it was and all. It was a really impactful movie mm. for him to run off in the sunset. You're kind of going, we can make more. Like, yeah, you know, like it, you walk out, you leave the you leave the theater with the well, he maybe he has one more in him. And yeah. you want that, but with the ending that you got, you go, you kind of walk out going, man, that was a good run. Yeah. It's like, whew, that was a great victory lap. Yeah. Like, he, for 17 years, he's been this character. He's the only one who's played it for 17 years. I don't know any actor who's ever played the same role for that long. Now, granted, it's not every year. Yeah. But, I mean, enough. I mean, he's got... Well, you figure two, three, four years apart for for per movie, and you're kind of going, there's there's age, you know, well, something happens to him on another set, you know. Right, you I, have the first three uh, um, X Men movies, you have his own three uh, Logan movies, you have Days of Future Past, even though he's only in it for he's he's in it. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a cameo. I don't know if you want to count that in first, you know, first class. First class. Yeah, I do. Um, 
Apocalypse, yeah, the the short bit. Apocalypse, yeah. but it was, you know, full on Weapon X Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nine movies yeah. that he was Wolverine. I can't think of any other actor who's been that character for nine whole movies. Nah, like I think uh, I think Roger Moore was seven in the right. James Bond series, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But then the last couple of ones was like, Oof. yeah, it's time for you to Yeah, uh, you're getting kind of long in the tooth there, Roger. Yeah. You know, I love you, but when your leading lady is like 20-something, or, you <laughs> and know, you're 60. And, and you're 60-something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, time to hang it up. No. <laughs> and speaking of time to hang it up, what do you say we call it tonight? That sounds good. All right, well, thanks for listening, folks. Um, if you do want to catch the show live, you can on Sunday nights from at, starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, or tune in. So search Aquanet Radio those apps. Don't forget, if you haven't already, please go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter, at Geeksters. And of course, if there's anything you want to hear or see on the show or have us talk about, you can contact Ed at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeeks. Let me try it again. Sean <laughs> at wordswithgeeks.com. It's S-H-A-W-N. See you next week, folks. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.